Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Karen Winsper, who is the Director of Instructional Technology for the Norton Public Schools, and Jen Judkins, who is the Director of Tech and Innovation in the Woburn Public Schools. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having us. Hey, Brandon. Nice to see you. Yeah, so it's it's no. good to talk. Okay, wait. I can't say nice to see you because it's on audio. No, but we're, we're seeing each other. The people are listening. They get it. They, they know. <laughs> it's like a baseball game, right? You can Some people listen to it on the radio. Some people see it on TV. It's all baseball, right? All it, good. All this good. Is a good. It's going to be a good conversation. People are going to listen to the end. Listen to the end. All the way. <laughs> Don't make that face. People are going to listen. All right. So... <laughs> Uh, so if you can't tell, we're all friends. Um, the, so the both of you have done work with influence and advocacy um, through your positions in your, dis- in your districts, um, whether it's you know, reaching out to local, state, and federal agencies, or uh, if it's you know, being on committees, whether it's through MassQ or COSIN or ISTE or META. Um, but you've kind of come across an interesting opportunity through the Influence and Advocacy Committee of MassQ. Can you talk a little bit about what, you, what you've done? Yeah, so there was a really neat opportunity um, called the Advocacy Fly-Ins that was presented to us. Um, it's, it's an interesting opportunity because it is a unified effort by a number of different leading organizations around ed tech. Those include COSIN, which um, that is the tech director organization nationally. I'm on a, uh, a board member for Meta, which is the, the local affiliate in Massachusetts. Um, ISTE, of which MassQ is the, the Massachusetts affiliate uh, for educational technology leader, uh, you know, educators uh, using technology. And then uh, other organizations, including CETA and um, S2A. So those organizations all have a shared interest in promoting the needs of uh, school school communities and uh, around technology, supporting the technology needs of, of schools and districts. And so they have come together to provide what is essentially almost like a training for us to, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, be lobbyists um, around some key issues. And for those of us that have no experience doing that, it, it has been a really nice opportunity to feel like um, we've been prepared to have these really important conversations um, to which we can bring, you know, on the ground experience to really bring to life the, the needs that, that um, are important to elevate in the minds of our legislators. Yeah, and I, I would just have to add to that, um, you know, during the pandemic when we were completely virtual with everything, I think was when we started seeing more and more virtual opportunities, um, which, you know, previously, would never have been possible, mm-hmm. right? And so this has been going on for a number of years. We just weren't aware of it, right? So because of the pandemic, they they had this virtual option last year um, and we kind of jumped on it. I, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, Jen, if, if you can uh, remember if it was MassQ that kind of tipped us off to this. Um, and it was just an opportunity for us to think about the issues that our students were facing, our teachers were facing, and and how could we help to bring a voice to the concerns that we had. And it was a, a, a great opportunity that we all chose to participate in. Yeah, and I think you raise a really important like 
note about kind of the point in time at which this was brought to our attention, Karen, and that is like, you know, for, for all of us working in ed tech, COVID um, w was really in so many ways like a way to shine a light on, on the many um, issues and concerns that we have around connect you know, connectivity and access to devices and, um, and providing that more you know, universally across different communities and, and knowing that those um, discrepancies exist, but not having a lot of um, voice to be able to try to, to raise awareness and also more importantly, raise funding sources. And so, you know, COVID really brought to the fore, like the importance of that and the need for, for governmental support to kind of help raise um, the readiness of districts around technology in classroom use. And so, um, I mean, it was so exciting. I remember Karen, like having these conversations before our, even our district leader knew about things like ECF funding and, and other like major grant sources. Um, it was it was an exciting opportunity to to hear about these things as they were kind of percolating up through the legislative, you know, um, groups to to understand that they uh, they were hearing and understood that these needs were there and trying to figure out in real time how to address them. And, and the voices of those of us in districts were so important for them to really, um, you know, be able to understand very personally how students and, and teachers were being impacted by, you know, differences in availability and access to technology. Yeah. And I, I know that COSA and ISTE have been fighting to kind of bridge that homework gap for years, mm -hmm. um, you know, and because of the pandemic, everything was just magnified, right? Um, but it's all of the other things too, that, that, you know, the funding for sure, but the funding, you know, whether it be E-rate or whether it be the grants, um, you know, the ESSA grants or, or, um, you know, some of the other things, I think it was really interesting for us to be able to bring back to our districts and also bring back to the greater, um, MassQ community. Yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of, and here's my history teacher brain. Right. Um, during World War Two and the Great Depression, the mobilization efforts by the federal government to kind of get people back to work. And this was to this was a mobilization effort to get schools to the next level. Right. To um, take, a, to, you know, close that digital divide. Um, and it was all the alphabet soup administration kind of things like CARES, like ESSER, like ECF, like E-rate um, and all those acronyms that we have, we've all learned in the last two years. Changed. I mean, it changed the game here for us in Pembroke. We were not a one-to-one -one district before. Um, we were able to do things in here that were. I, I think we've said this before on this podcast, and the three of us have talked about this before. But we we had five-year plans that became five-week plans um, because all of a sudden it was like, here's the money, spend it. Where do you think we should spend it? Right, right. But it was because Absolutely. of advocacy. It was really because of the advocacy of of you know teachers on the ground and administrators on the ground talking to the federal government, local government, state government, and saying, these are the things that we absolutely must have right now. Um, how can you make this happen? Yeah. And I think, you know, Karen's right. Like what, what was really interesting is that these things have been happening all along, right? Like this, this advocacy fly-in has been happening for years and, and we weren't even aware of it, but you know, this, this moment in time, like really raised everyone's awareness and and created opportunities to to really have a seat at the table and start to help to push these things forward and now that we've had a taste of that you know this is our second year in participating in this program because we found it to be so 
powerful, both to, you know, really understand what are the kinds of conversations happening at the state and federal level around funding, and, and again, how can we help to highlight and, and um, you know, provide more background to help, you know, motivate our, our lawmakers around supporting these different efforts. I think about like our conversation too, like we've done a lot of work, Karen, right around um, data privacy. And, and that was kind of an area that that also kind of moved us in this direction, wouldn't you say? Like I, I, I would feel say like that I, was another motivator. Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, and I'm gonna sound a little selfish here, but you know, um, I have not been shy to admit that we have had some cybersecurity issues mm -hmm. um, that have been concerning, you know, for schools, especially when you we were fully remote. And so that was my driving, you know, kind of force. I really think that the government and the E-rate program needs to address um, cybersecurity, whether it be mitigation services mm -hmm. um, as a part of their program, right? So yep. that was something that I think between that and and also access right mm -hmm. to again for me where i am in norton we don't have a huge number of students that don't have internet access but we do have some right and so that piece it's not just about norton it's about all students and about how you know districts need to prepare so mm -hmm. trying to think about e-rate trying to think about you know how can they expand the program in these times, right? To really reflect the moment that we're in and the changing nature of technology needs. Yeah, uh, you know, and one of the things I know we were looking at prior to the pandemic was I, I was having conversations with our our state representative here in Pembroke, Josh Cutler, um, and he and I were going back and forth, and his legislative aides were going back and forth about the cost of internet for schools, um, and despite the fact that E-rate exists. Um, the costs for internet are wildly different between school districts. And if you go on that Education Superhighway website and you take a look at what people are paying for, what they're getting, um, you know, how many gigabytes that they, you know, that they get of a service and then what their cost is, it's all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason whatsoever for it. Um, you know, and it's not even like it's a per, per pupil expenditure or uh, it, it is just it seems to be whatever you were able to negotiate with the cable company is what you got. Um, and I, I was speaking with him about how do you, as a legislator, how do you, how do you sort of go after big telecom is strong, but how do you advocate for schools and say, how can we get these costs under control? You know, one district shouldn't be paying twice as much as the one right next door. Right. And I think you also have to talk about um, access, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are districts that don't even have, um, you know, for us in Norton, we have one option. So, you know, there's no competition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Western Massachusetts is, is almost in a different world with the access and availability to, um, you know, for internet for schools. So and then open it's Cape, a concern. Right? Right. And then you look at open. Absolutely. They, it's sort of like they've all banded together and they've all got a great deal because of open Cape. So uh, on Cape Cod. So, right. It's it's all over the place. But you're right, Bren, you, you're bringing to light the, the fact that, you know, if we weren't communicating together, right, as as people that have this shared vested interest, 
then then the companies that are, are providing these services would be able to can kind of continue to do business as usual, which is really not to the benefit to the benefit of, of districts. And so I think one of the things that I really enjoy about my participation in organizations like MassQ and Meta is really the collegiality and the mm -hmm. and the ability to reach out and, and find out from other people that are in a like position. Um, you know, how are you managing some of these things and, um, and, and where do we take some of these concerns? And so having this, this um, advocacy fly in and, and we are actually looking forward to actually having an in-person meeting with legislators in Washington, D.C. coming up in, um, in May. And so, like, it'll be really exciting to be able to have that opportunity to, to speak with people in person, which is always more powerful. I think we yep. can all agree. Um, but again, like having this united front across multiple organizations and across those of us that work in the state, um, you know, I think about the listeners of this podcast and the participants of organizations like MassQ are often, you know, coming from the classroom perspective. And I think what all of us, you know, the three of us on this, um, this show know, like we've come from that same environment and we bring with us that, you know, that real desire to support classroom instruction um, but it's really opened my eyes coming into this position, you know, that all of the things that need to be in place and to happen so that learning can happen seamlessly in the classroom around technology. And so while it may seem boring and dry for teachers to hear about or think about things, programs like E-Rate and ECF, it, it, these are the essential things and the underpinnings that are necessary so that those kinds of activities can happen in the classroom without them having to worry about it. This shouldn't be a concern of teachers, but I think it's great for our MassQ members to know that as an organization, we're really trying to do that work and, and, and have those conversations, again, to help support things happening in the classroom without obstacles. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to just mention, being in Massachusetts, we're very fortunate because we have tremendous support from both Senator Markey's um, office as well as Senator Warren's office. Mm -hmm. um, and when we did the virtual fly-in and we met with their staffs, um, we're all on the same page. They're well aware of the concerns um, that educators have, whether it be, you know, E-rate, homework gap, connectivity, broadband access. Um, and they want to partner with us. And what can we do to mutually support one another? Yeah, I mean, there's really never been a better time um, right now. It, the, the pandemic just shone such a bright light on what the homework gap was uh, and and what different schools had and didn't have. And that that's it. <laughs> there's really not much more to it than that. It was it's great. It's been great. Um, so I would like to hear a little bit about what the Influence and Advocacy Committee of MassQ does um, and, you know, the advocacy fly ins and then maybe some things that have happened at the state level here in Massachusetts, whether it's, you know, at the state house prior to the pandemic or, um, you know, connecting with your local officials and what sort of luck you've had there. Sure. Well, I can speak to, uh, again, Jen and I are new to, to the INA um, committee. Simply, we, we were on communications before this, so we, they can't get rid of us, right? <laughs> we, we're, we're committee jumping. Um, but this was, obviously a passion that we have have found um and looking at what ina has previously done you know bringing student voice to the state house and organizing um 
I'm not sure if it was in 2019 was the last one that they had in the spring of 2019. Um, but having, you know, students from across the state going and meeting with their legislators and also, you know, sharing, presenting. Um, and I know that that was very well received. Mm -hmm. We tried to do something similar virtually. Um, but that's a challenge, right? The scheduling piece, the trying to get students who are so over doing anything virtually, um, you know, and then trying to come up with um, ideas for them to share, whether it be experiences or whether it be, you know, what are we doing with all this technology that we've gotten funding for, right? So, so we're still working on that. Mm. But I know that there are members um, who have been advocating on behalf of MassQ and students um, and, and educators, you know, for 25 years, as yeah. long as MassQ has been in um, or even you know longer than that. But certainly we know that this is a critical piece is connecting with our local legislators and, and having students participate in that as well. Yeah. And people like Ellen Driscoll have really been instrumental in that. I mean, she was one of the first people I met that was sort of out in the forefront of, you know, oh, absolutely. let's, let's get to the state house. Let's get to the legislators. Yep. Let's go in, let's go right to their offices and talk about some of the things that we need and, and how to, how to move right. things and, forward. And making sure voices at the table with Desi as well. So it's not mm -hmm. necessarily just, um, you know, at the state house, but it's that, you know, combining all stakeholders. Yeah. And the, the establishment of that, the digital education, uh, coordinator, Jackie Ganser, I think is her name, right? Um, I mean, just yeah. having that is has been has been great for us. That we we were able to secure 500 iPads because of you know the the um, grants that were available um, through her office. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah, we've even had opportunity to meet with um, <clears throat> folks that are running for office, Brendan. So um, you know, we're we're also just trying to be open to. Um, having conversations with people that are seeking out um, positions within the legislature to, to you know, get in early, right? Yeah, when right. when they're maybe a little more accessible and trying to create those relationships and communicate about um, these important issues and with the hope that, you know, they'll remember us when they, you know, when they move into positions so that we can continue with that relationship and connection. So, um, those are some of the kinds of things we're trying to do with influence and advocacy. Um, and it is a very much a learning process. This is this is certainly something where we're learning about every day. But this advocacy program that has been, um, you know, work, you know, that we've been on now two years through these other organizations has been really helpful in, in focusing our attention and providing kind of the background of how many of these things have sort of come to be over time and um, and what sort of the, the asks are so that when we do have an opportunity with these people who have very limited time, as I'm sure you can imagine, that we we are ready with that elevator pitch, right? Mm -hmm. With that really quick, you know, quick hitting, um, really key things so that they're hearing those things over and over again. And, and therefore we're sounding like United Front. And so having having this organization create some of that structure for us because we're all so busy in our regular jobs um, has been such a gift to be able to, you know, feel like we're going to these conversations equipped with information and clarity so that we can use the time that we have well. Absolutely. And, you know, we want to send a united message, right? And so whether it be on the, the topics that are 
um, critical at this point in time, you know, not just student data privacy, not just E-rate, um, you know, thinking also about all of the funds that have been distributed, but then what happens, the continuation mm. of, of funding for ed tech. So that's a piece too. Yeah, the one time um, isn't just enough. Exactly, it's how do we maintain? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, like, like Jen said, last year was the first year that we did this it was virtual we loved it mm -hmm. it was it was really a, a great um experience so we signed up again this year and you know having the option to do virtual and or face-to-face -face, we were like all in on the face-to-face -face, mm -hmm. right so we really want to make that impact known um and we're excited uh and so next month uh you're going to be heading to dc um, and, and what sort of, what is, I would imagine it's going to be one of those whirlwind DC trips where it's like, you're scheduled for, you know, back to back to back to back to back to back to back meetings. Um, what sort of is the overall expectation of the, of the trip? Well, I think again, we're, this is new for us. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you an answer. That's our best guess based on what they've told us. But again, I fully expect a really clearly structured and communicated plan. Cause again, this this um, program has been really well run and organized. Mm. Um, when we've done the, the virtual fly-ins, they provided a very clear schedule and had communicated with all these um, you know, different legislative offices to make sure that everyone had the time of the call and knew what, what we were gonna be discussing and all that. So I would imagine it would be similar um, where we're gonna have, as you described, meetings that are back-to-back, -back, hopefully with um, people that are are going to be interested in hearing about these topics. We also are scheduled. There is a, um, Karen, I know maybe you can help me with this. There is a, an event happening, a gala event um, with that, that will involve educators where there'll be kind of more of a casual audience that might afford some different kinds of conversations that we're also looking forward to. So I, I can say that um, there's a, uh, the schedule for the day, right? Because it's basically, they call it a fly-in because you literally are coming in for a day and then going back, right? So it's like a full day, nine to four, and it's, you're meeting with your congressional um, offices. Uh, there are definitely some roundtable discussions happening. Um, I think with the U.S. Department of Education, there'll also be discussions with the FCC. Um, and the topics, if I remember correctly, have to do with um, like digital citizenship, equity inclusion, you know, the, the national technology plan, that type of thing. And yes, we are very excited um, about the gala, which is the same evening. And it's, it's basically celebrating um, education and educators. And I believe it's hosted by the National Coalition for Technology and Education um, and Training. So NCTET. So I know that that was something that we were looking forward to making some, you know, different connections with people and networking. Again, to try to get a sense where this is our first kind of experience face to face. Um, is is how can other organizations? How can we participate and and meet people who can help further uh, this cause? Yeah, that sounds like a really cool plan. Um, I think it's going to be a great a great thing for to have the two of you and and others go down there especially um it, it, the, the impact 
is going to be great. I mean, yeah. So it won't <laughs> just be us. It's definitely our our influence and advocacy yeah. committee um, colleagues. You know, I believe Colleen Terrell from Seacon Public Schools. Um, I think Natalie. And uh, I think yeah, Natalie in. Croto and um, and um, Heidi McGregor, I think, are oh, also great. joining us. Right, but they're both from the same district, correct? Littleton Public yes, Schools. Yes, Littleton, and yes. then um, from West for Public Schools, um, Julie Boudreau is going to be coming with me. Um, again, I, I'm also I kind of have a foot in both worlds because I'm also on the board for Meta, which is the Tech Director organization. So we have another member of our board joining us as well. Um, so it, yeah, I think we have a really strong Massachusetts mm -hmm. contingent and I've also been reaching out to some of the other New England states to find out who they may be sending because I think we're really fortunate here in Massachusetts to have such a active and, and um, involved community around ed tech, but in some of the other New England states, they're maybe not as large or, or not sending as many people. So we're going to be reaching out proactively and try to kind of extend um, maybe opportunities to meet together so that it just, again, feels like more of a united front for people um, who may not be traveling with as many um, folks from their um, their state. Mm -hmm. Well, it really sounds like a great program. I think um, there, there's going to be uh, it's going to be busy. It sounds like it's going to be a busy, a busy day. Um, but I'm sure that 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 group especially is going to knock it out of the park. Um, where can people find you both online? I primarily am on Twitter at just at Kay Winsper. I'm on but, Twitter and um, and I have a blog as well. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Teaching Forward and my blog is teachingforward.net. All right, great. Well, thank you both for coming on the podcast. Um, we'll be looking forward to some updates. Uh, I'm sure we'll be getting them through MassQ and through Meta uh, about the work for the advocacy fly-ins. Karen Winsper, Jen Judkins, thank you so much. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks. You've been listening to the Get a Q podcast by MassQ, who to educate, connect, and inspire.